I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane. I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh, my God, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And and Vince is yelling at me, God damn it, do it harder, make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. I gotta, I gotta get some audio ready. I was thinking you know, about something. You, you got audio? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was just thinking about something, and it won't make sense unless you hear you it. Doing, I guess. Are you doing show prep now? I mean, what the? What is this? No. Are you crazy? God, I'm prep crazy. shit. I don't prep shit for shit for anything. I, I feel so portrayed. <laughs> Don't, man. Don't, please. I didn't mean to portray it like that. Oh, my God. We're preparing for this now? Holy shit. I actually, no, I don't want to do good on it. It, It's something that just came to mind. I'm like, you know, I'm going to see. I I actually was going to ask you last night during the WrestleMania, but I didn't think about it until after I left. So I was like, I'll just ask you tonight. All right. Um, As we begin, uh, school shooting in Knoxville, Tennessee, they say one person dead, an officer injured. So I would suppose that the mayor of Knox County, Glenn Jacobs, will be dealing with that the weekend after he is inaugurated into the WWE Hall of Fame as the character of Kane, of course. So, again, it can't happen here, has happened there. That, that again, that great lie has been exposed once again. And the last uh, insensitive joke, which really isn't a joke at all, if Scott Hall, yeah, that's the funny thing. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. It's that's the sad part of it. If Scott Hall would have messed up and not used his stun gun on Goldberg and instead shot him, how would would Tommy Dreamer have sued for gimmick infringement? Can you answer? We'll go ahead and stun I'll take gun! your call. <laughs> I can't. I and now don't tweet us. We're not making fun of the situation. It's very sad and it's very. Tra- and, but it's I, just, I knew we're just we sick were, of hearing the shit. You That's know, what it is. And, and if we, and we, as, as like white guys in our fifties, if we're sick of it, we know that people that have a different complexion than we have, have got to be like, way. I can't way imagine. I can't imagine. Beyond sick of it, you know? So yeah, that's, I, I know. It's so, it's so beyond that. I can't imagine what they are. You know, I feel people have to deal with that shit all the time. I truly oh, feel that my eyes have been opened so much just over the past couple of years to this stuff. And I, I mean, I kind of knew it was going on, but again, I feel like I lived in this little Caucasian bubble and this, right. this and, and now it's like, <laughs> Oh, now because you can, what do you mean? I don't get it. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. The shit that happens. Uh, I tell you, man. Oh, it, it's very, very sad. And prayers for, Minneapolis, you know, it's not, and it wasn't, I looked at the map, Brooklyn Center is not all that far from Robbinsdale, where all of that amazing wrestling talent came from, like Rick Rude and the Road Warriors and all of those folks. I think Dallas Page was out of that area, and I think um, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, I think they were all out of Robbinsdale. All those guys were Hmm. amazing Um, enough. Yeah, I didn't know it was that close either. I was thinking it was, I didn't know really where it was, but wow. I mean, I knew it was around the Minneapolis area, but I didn't know exactly what direction sort of thing. Um, so you've, you've got, if you're watching this live and there aren't many of you, but Sasha and Bianca, number one at WrestleMania, that that's was, this was your favorite match of the weekend. 
I think so. I, I had to after after pondering. I think that that might have been it. With you know, just overall, just the the pure joy of of Bianca winning, just her emotions and stuff. I, I just love that shit, you know. And, and and it seemed like true emotions. If it wasn't, then she, you know, she. Oh, hey, Drew, Drew McIntyre. Right <laughs> um, <right> on time. <laughs> How you doing? Is he that, just walked in. Is that my humps? Is that what he's <laughs> is he doing the walk on like Don Rickles used to do? Da, 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 da. It's like the El Matador shit. And... Yeah, El Matador. <laughs> Playing El Matador and shit, just coming on the show. <laughs> oh my god. That was so fitting though. Shit. Um I'll take 45-year-old references for a thousand, Alex. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing, but sorry. It's true. Um <laughs> But what what do you think? You like that match, though, didn't you? you didn't, did you have one better? Did you have one that no, you like better? I think that was a great. That was very much like a end of Wrestle twenty WrestleMania twenty moment with Eddie and Chris in the ring. Yeah, very yeah. much. And um, it, it was kind of. A, and Sasha didn't go full fledged heel or anything. I don't think you know. Well, night one was all about the killer bees. It was Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, and then Bad Bunny. I mean, that was that was what. Yeah. The killer bees were yeah. the stars of night one, and then night two was just a, a mixed bag of. Although, as we reassess night two, and we've had 24 hours to think about it, that main event paid off. I mean, you have to say that about what happened on night two. There was a lot of a poo-poo to, sit, to sift through to get to the diamonds, but the main event, the show closer, was really, really good, I thought. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue with that. I, the only thing I don't like, I, I, I guess I get it. I, I really tried to think about and analyze it myself just to see why they may have done that. How, what I'm talking about is ha- having Roman pin both Daniel Bryan and edge one on top of each other, kind of like a couple of jabronis, you know, I, I don't know I, if that, I guess that's their way of trying to get him uh, getting, get Roman. over. Yeah. I, I, I think I keep saying this over and over again. I, this, I mean, this has to be considered probably one of his best, five singles matches I've ever seen him in. I think Roman it was one of his best five performances and ever since he split off from the shield for sure. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I, yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Roman um, at all. I guess I'm not trying to, I just, I'm not really surprised that he won or anything. I just, I don't know. I just didn't like the way that, I don't know. That's edge and Daniel Bryan that you're doing that too. I mean, I know edge is 40 some years old. Daniel Bryan's no spring chicken, but still that's, I don't know. I just didn't like that. Yeah, that was kind of. What, I don't know. I just. I don't know why. I mean, other than what I just. What I just said. But on the but things that on the list of things me. on the list of things you didn't like at night two, this would be like way way low. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just. I really am. I'm. I'm. I am being a little nitpicky on on the match. Well, let's. But, but let's yeah. uh, let's assess the abomination that was the fiend and Randy Orton. <laughs> Do we have to? Can we just Alexa, Alexa fast Blizzard. forward? Alexa Bliss in her finest uh, Harley Quinn outfit does come to the ring, and I, I keep asking, I kept asking you before, when do we get hot Alexa Bliss back? When does that happen? When are we, when are we going to get our fine Alexa Bliss back? You know how we always say, "How can we miss you if you're not gone?" Well, I miss you. She's been gone. <laughs> she has been gone. She's done this stupid character, which on a a for effort, and she, I mean, you can't say anything about the commitment. She's committed to the character, and she she's in it. There's no question about it. Oh yeah, she's doing a great job. I can't you can't knock that part. Uh, and then we were I was able to get off the great line, "Hey Alyssa, uh, Alexi, turn my crank." Because she 
There was a, a what, what Michael Cole referred to as a box-like structure. Yes. It was a square-like 3D structure. It was a, 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 a something that would be appropriate for containing something, objects of some sort, but not a box, a box-like structure. You know where they manufacture those? Where? In that plant right next to the medical facility there. Is that, is that what they do? And it, oh, it's, I think it's in a manufacturing facility next to the I medical facility. Right. You know what? I think, I think what that tells me is that Vince is totally psyched out by all of these podcasts and the revisionist history on something is over if it comes out of a box. I think he's totally psyched out about that, and he doesn't want Cole calling it a box for that reason. The whole situation with Terry Funk and, and Chainsaw Charlie has made Vince so psyched out about that that he is sensitive to it, and he doesn't want to hear anybody, don't call it a box. Never call it a box. That's wrestling. That's Southern you know, wrestling. That's so, that's so whack that it, it, it could be true. I I think it is. I think is the deal. So she she cranks on it and they do pop goes the weasel. Because the weasel go. <laughs> no, not the cool version, the child's oh, version. That's right. It was the version. My bad. <laughs> the weasel goes not by third base. No, that's not what we're looking at, Bryant. But thank you for flashing back to that. And yeah, this reminds me, you do need to watch the Beastie Boys documentary on Apple Plus. Boy. As I was telling Bryant last night, he's been very kind to furnish me his password information on Apple Plus. Rick Rubin, when he signed those guys, he's such a wrestling fan. I didn't like the Beastie Boys, and I would have been right in the demographic, the meathead, 16, 17-year-old kid, male demographic that would have loved the Beastie Boys because I thought they were dicks. He had those guys going on MTV and in every kind of venue he could cutting wrestling heel promos. That's what they were doing in yeah. 86 and 87. That's 100 Right in front of our faces. Doing. That's we what he was doing. I, well, I didn't realize it until afterwards, you know. They were on, they led off for the Madonna tour. They were opening up for Madonna, who, you know, is legitimately the number one star in the world at that point in time. And they were just talking, you know, like, oh, everybody's going to forget about Madonna. We're going to come blow this place away. Nobody's going to even know about her. And they're just going to remember the Beastie Boys. And they would do shit like that. And then Rick Rubin would come on the mic during these MTV interviews and go, I don't even need to talk to you. You're not even listening to what I say. And we're out. We are, we are too good for this interview. And he's just cutting wrestling promos. My joke last night was, if he looks after night one was, if he looks at Vince McMahon now, does Rick Rubin think, hey, I finally got my mummy? <laughs> Live and in living color. Is that a little stiff, brother? <laughs> I see what you did there. Is that a little, little bit stiff on that one, brother? No. <laughs> brother. So she turns the crank on the thing, on the, the box-like structure. <sighs> Cranking it. And it. And it's a pretty cool entrance. I got to give him the fiend makes his way very slowly out of there. The red lights come on and stuff. We start the match. He comes off the box, clotheslines the shit out of Randall K. Orton. It's it's in red, which is still very annoying. And I don't know why anybody hasn't said, let's not do that anymore. But fuck it. They, they just said, we're going to go with the red because we're committed to it. And once we do something shitty, we have to always do shitty stuff with it. Right. Vince likes it. Don't, don't you, Vince? Yeah, it's good stuff. Everything, I like it red. Let's not call it red. It's a red-like color. That's what it is. It's a magenta-esque color, if we may. Yeah. Do you have a special order, that 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 light to come in? Yeah, it comes from a manufacturing facility that does that sort of thing. That's what it does. Yeah. That's what we do. Perfect. God. God damn it. I bet he's thinking, you know, you know that, uh, that Katie Vick thing would have been over if we just put red light on it. Hunter, put the red light on. Bang it! Bang it! Bang it! <laughs> so they uh, 
Then he comes out, they wrestle around for a while. And then at some point in time, oh, no, the lights go out. And then Alyssa, uh, Alexi, I don't know why I keep calling her Alyssa. Alexia emerges from the box light thing on the structure, and she's sitting down, and uh, she's got different makeup on, and she has a crown that's spurting black gold, Texas tea. (laughs) Now, the first thing you know, the fiend comes out of the ring. (laughs) And the fiend, the fiend is the one, the fiend, the fiend, Howard Pinkelman comes back. Alyssa and the fiend, I love that show. Yeah, I'm off to almost as good a start as night two of WrestleMania. The fiend is distracted by this. Not Randy Orton. Not Randy Orton. He's not distracted by this. What we have here is some blood coming out of her crown. The Fink is here. (laughs) They still, on Talk and Shop, the boys still do Fink's voice as though he's coming from heaven. They'll do the harp music like Tom and Jerry are going to heaven. And they'll have, hello, he stands six foot seven, the big (laughs) LG. They'll they'll do him. They'll go, hey, Fink, what are you doing? It's great up here in heaven. I, me and Pat Patterson are hanging out and having some lemonade. They'll do some shit like that. They'll, they'll, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but let me tell you this, being in heaven, I'm so much happier not being associated with the shit show that is WrestleMania. <laughs> so uh, she has the viscous black fluid. And God, could soy we sauce. please... Can I, I would, I would like, Francis. Uh, Rich Francis from the soy sauce pack and get you. Had <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Rich Fran. Uh, no, I just, I hope to God we could maybe at some point in time, if we could, please, God, put the goddamn sauce, put the black viscous fluid, the Texas tea away <laughs> and never see it again. I don't want to see it. Come, don't want to see it in a house. Don't want to see it in a mouse. Don't want to see it. I'll tell you what we can do. Yes. What can we do? Let's put it in a box like structure with the Punjabi prison and, and ship that it. motherfucker on off to Jupiter. Well, I would say we would burn it, but that doesn't do anything. Cause you know, fire didn't kill the fiend. So I don't, I don't think it would do anything. Hey, well, that's another have- thing. Yeah, no, don't you think when he came out of the when he made an appearance and came up out of the ring, you know, with that redone outfit, the mask that was badass, yeah. you know, yeah, he looked like the normal fiend in this match. He didn't have all that badass gear on like he did. What so, we had I thought was going to happen was that we had heard that Bo Dallas was going to take over the fiend thing, freeing up Bray Wyatt to be like, oh no, this fiend thing has gotten out of control and I don't know how to control it. Now it's it's not me. It's not, you see, I can't. See, that would be great. It would have been, and then, but they didn't do that because Randy Orton, at least the match was very short. He pins the fiend and then the fiend just stares at Lexi with the squid ink all over her face. And again, I don't want to see black fluid coming out of Papa Shango. I don't want to see it coming out of your mambo. I don't want to see it coming out of anybody. I just never want to see black fluid on WWE television again, please. I don't care. I just, I, I just please no more. God help us. Please no, more. please no more of it. None. Zero. Nada. So that was – and at that point, we were like, oh, this, this show's off to a bad start. The show is officially off to a, a really, really not good start at all. Yeah, really, really not good start. We've, we've, we've gotten a very bad – it looks like we're off to a bad start at WrestleMania. Ring. Thanks, Fink. <laughs> I was trying to do a harp. 
I think I can do the. I think I can do the full thing. Have I got? Oh uh, yeah. No, I can't. I can't. I, I don't have it plugged in through the thing anymore. Shit, I've got it. Oh. I can't put. I'm, all right, I was doing. Well, I got. I got. I got to get that back in effect so we can do Rush Limbaugh in hell on the Brad and Brit cast. So I got to start doing that. Oh, again. what happened, man? Did you have to unplug it for something? I guess. Well, I, I I got it going straight into the computer instead of going through the mixing board. So it's taking oh, itself okay. out of, out of the audio chain, Brian. <laughs> As you may be aware of the audio chain. Oh, man. Um, let me see. Let's go through the results on night two because that was the. What's, what, what kind of noise are you playing there in the back at, background? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was, you, didn't, you didn't know I was a ventriloquist, huh? I had no idea. Uh, let me see. All right. I guess we started with our first match was. Uh, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler over Natalia and Tamina. Now, this started sort of a discussion between the, me and the Gaming Marathon guys over whether Natty had had her boobs done. And we did conclude that she had had her boobs done, which I is think weird. So. They're huge. They, they were fairly large before. I don't think that was an impediment to her career. Now, she can do whatever she wants to for her own cosmetic pleasure. I don't care. I got the shit that I put in my beard to take a little bit of the gray out. I got the shit I put in my hair to take a little bit of the gray out. So I don't care what, but I, I don't, I hope that she didn't think, wow, if I do this, I'm going to be more over. And by the way, I've seen her mother. Her mother's fairly bosomy. So I would think that, and she had some good ones before, so I don't understand why she would get those implants. But if it's something she wanted to do, God bless her. She has the freedom to do whatever she wants to with her body. I would just hope she doesn't think that's what she needs to do to get over in her in this right. company. <clears throat> I'm taking notes here. How do you, is Bosomy, is that two M's? It's a, it's a uh, B-O-S-O-M, and then it's a hyphen Y. Bosomy. Wow. <laughs> gotcha. That, yeah, that looks better. Okay, yeah. My, I'm my not saying, does, does, she, does she look like Natty? Does she, does she or, I think or does Natty look like her? I, I don't know if I've ever seen her. Yeah, I think she. I think probably if you looked at her mother at the similar age that Natty is now, you would probably mm. find a lot of similarities. Okay. But her mother has been numbed from, a, you know, all of those years of, Jim Neidhart doing coke off of the windshield, you know, so she's kind of, oh, she's just kind of dead inside. Very, it's a very dead Canadian kind of thing that you get from, from that, from that whole situation. Like, Natty, I'm not sure. I think daddy's not doing well. That's what I would get off of Diva. She would do shit like that. Oh, daddy's not feeling well. We need to get him into rehab. I like the Canadian accent. That's great. Uh, please. And if you don't mind, could we get daddy into rehab? I think he's freaking out. That's that's what I got off of Total Divas back when I used to watch that show on a fairly regular basis. And it was fairly yeah. entertaining at some point. God I mean, bless it, got, you. it got the Bellas into the fucking Hall of Fame. So what are you going to say? It sure did. No, well, they got better as wrestlers and workers. But yes, yeah, it, they was did. Their, but. it was their ability to expose the company outside of the bubble of wrestling that got them into the Hall of Fame. And, and I don't I'm not hating on that. To me, the Bellas well, makes it makes way more sense than Khalid makes. I'm sorry, and you can well, tell me all about how all oh, the exposure in India went up five thousand percent, and all this other shit. Well, put him in the India WWE Hall of Fame then. Yeah, you know? but yeah, it's, put him in the the Mumbai wing of the WWE. Yeah, the Mumbai wing. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Well, here's another thing they got in. You know, they're twins. If it was just Nikki Bella. Whoopie doo! If it was Brie Bella, whoopie doo! They're right. twins. I mean, I'm sorry. I know that sounds dumb and simple, but I think that had a lot to do with it. And this is like the the thing that I got from watching that show. To me, um, Nikki was 
and you, I would have never thought this. Nikki to me appears to be the more relatable, nicer of the two Bellas. I, I know you would never you, think that you would think Brianna would be like Nikki would be so stuck up and so Hollywood because I think Nikki's the prettier one. Um, yeah. And and Nikki, I did you know she got her boobs done and all that other stuff, and she's the one that well, Holly can't really she, say anything against her for that anymore. We used no to, no we used to everybody does now. I can't. I, I don't. Really Everybody judge, does. It. I don't judge anybody. Again, the, the expectations that have been put on women's bodies are stupid. And if they want to do that for themselves or for whatever reason, I hope I hope women do that for the right reason. I hope sure. they're doing it because they want to do it. And it's not because, oh, I need this because if I don't, my partner will leave me or I'm going to be fired from this job or, uh, you know, I'm not pretty enough. This will help me. I, I hope it's, you know, for whatever. I, I, but, you know, people are allowed to do whatever they want to with their body without my judgment. So I don't care. I mean, it's fine. Um, it's, it kind of sucks when one of those things pops in the ring because that's happened a few times to people, you know, that's, that's not a, that's not a good situation. Sounds gross and painful. It is. It's not, I don't, and you got to go back in there and you got to, I think you got to get some gorilla glue and you got to, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not a medical expert who works at a medical facility. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know where they make that glue at, at a manufacturing facility that manufactures that sort of thing. The manufacturing facility for glue. Yeah. What we have is an adhesive substance. Write it down. <laughs> yes. God damn it. It's, an adhesive. it's crazy. Adhesive substance. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Hang on, hang on. Not crazy. Mentally challenged and he's a substance. Ah! <laughs> Who's politically correct now, motherfucker? You language cop. Jesus Christ, you dumbass. Oh man. So uh gorilla glue. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeating Natty and Tamina. And uh, as you know, now Nia Jax is such a stiff worker, her stiff work now rubs off on her partners. You saw Shayna with that knee. To Natty's lip, put a little hole in her lip. There, they had that on the the, the Twitter and the Instagram. How about and, uh, uh, yeah? How about uh, Oscar a few weeks ago? Yeah, a couple yeah. months ago. Was that your fucking tooth out? Was that Basler that did that? Yes. So Basler wasn't now, it? I, I think I think you're right. So Basler's now officially probably as stiff as uh well Nia. J- <laughs> See, and, and I think I've talked about this before. It's funny how history kind of continues to get like um. Like when oh what's what's the guy's name oh Umaga when Umaga the guy with the I, I was doing the thumb because that's that was his spike that was the you know that was the yes, Samoan spike yes. when Umaga was working people forget very much when he was with Rosie and he was Jamal in Two Minute Warning um, he was very stiff and he hurt some people now in retrospect after he dies and stuff and he's had his image cleaned up and stuff like that there's been kind of a reassessment and some, you know, historical revisionism on that. Oh, he's such a great guy. We loved him. He's a wonderful worker, but he, he was, I remember specifically, they were doing one of those deals where they had a bunch of indie workers come in the ring to stop something. He super kicks him and breaks at least a couple of ribs on some chick. I mean, he was, he was doing stuff like all that all the time. He was fairly yeah. unsafe. Yeah. Um, yeah I remember I, some I, stories. I don't I, I remember us talking about it several times. Yeah. And of course, the Rosie and Jamal story that I always like to tell you is the one about Jeff Corbett at the Greensboro Coliseum. Dude, that's that is up there with with the the wheelchair lady in, in Yakinville or wherever we were in Pop Town. We were in Pop Town. Pop Town. I'm sorry. Yes, we only go to the classiest shows in the classiest places: Pop Town and Irish Potato Road. If you don't have them in a classy place, you can't get these two motherfuckers to come to your show. It better God be in a classy. Don't forget the the big bay garage doors where 
Slick Rick. Wentworth, North that? Carolina. Wentworth. If it's not in Wentworth or Fonktown or off Irish Potato Road, fuck you. We're not coming to your show. Forget it. Now that now that goddamn Gibsonville has been shut down, we we got nothing to live for there. Gibsonville, goddamn elitists. <laughs> Elitist out in Gibsonville. So we watched that match, and we were like, uh, that wasn't really a good match. And then we go into the Fiend stuff, and we're like, oh, they're 0 for 2. They're going to have to be digging out of this. Now, we go into Owens and, and Sami Zayn, which wasn't a bad match. I didn't understand why Logan Paul was there. Nobody understood why Logan Paul was that, there. That ruined it for me, dude. I'm sorry. He, he that, stood that over there. He was over there uh, sitting in, in his chair, saying nothing, acting like, the offensive guard in your high school English class that had his mouth open catching flies back back in the day, doing nothing. But at least they got the booking right, and Kevin Owens kicked and stunned the shit out of him when it was over. And please, God, let that be the end of it. Let that be the absolute end of it. You had stark comparisons and stark contrast. Night one, Bad Bunny comes in. He's a guy that can bring some people who are outside of the wrestling bubble to the product. He respects the business and works his ass off and has a pretty good match. And then you had night two. I, Logan, Logan I need to Paul, go back and watch some of that. Logan Paul wouldn't know a wrist lock from a wrist watch. Hi, Jim Cornette. And, and then he's and, but he sits over there, does nothing. I, I find it hard to believe that he brought one human being from that coveted 18 to 34 demo to the table. Like, Ooh, I got to watch, I got to watch Logan Paul and I got to, I got to watch, I got to sign up for Peacock so I can watch WrestleMania. I find that very hard to believe, but at least he took the stunner. Okay. He did all right with it. Okay. I guess. I guess. So, and, and, and then the, the match was short enough. And then that was, they, they had a pretty good match. Logan Paul had nothing going on and it was fun. Uh, Sheamus and Riddle had a pretty good match. It was okay. It's better than I thought it would be, but it will, you know. Sheamus is your new champion. Riddle, they turned into a complete joke at this point. Uh, he's just, the, the stoner thing has been taken to the very end. Again, this, this has, this is all about Vince's understanding of stoner culture, I think. He's stuck back in, in Cheech and Chong 1979, I believe is what yeah. Vince is stuck back in. It's like reverting, Rob, taking Rob Van Dam's gimmick and, and, and like, Putting it in reverse, going back a couple decades. One of the things I remember so much about Van Dam is when they caught him with the pot. I don't know if it was on the Jersey Turnpike or the Pennsylvania Turnpike or whatever. And they were like, "Well, I wonder how they're going to do it." And he had he was a double title holder at that time. Monday night, loses. Of course, the he was. Monday Monday night, he loses one title on SmackDown or on on Raw, and then Friday night, loses the second one on SmackDown. They, they fucking got coincidentally. That was a bad week, and now he's in the Hall of Fame. If you think about that, where they've gone from taking the double title off of him for getting stopped with pot to him basically promoting his rolling papers on WWE television. Basically, yeah. And you got to wonder that. if the NBC Universal folks were like, I don't know if that's per our company standards. I don't know if that really jibes so much with what we're trying to do here at the NBC Universal brand. But hmm. he. He was able to promote them. His RVD rolling papers. He gave some to Khalid. He gave some to Riddle. And, you know, they're, we're off to the races there. Yeah. Intercontinental Championship of Paula Cruz over Big E. Big E loses in a Nigerian drum match, which, had, which was really no stipulation at all. And then we saw the introduction of this new character who used to be one thing on Raw Underground, Dabukatsu, or whatever the fuck that guy's name is. Who is this guy? that, that was a dude who kept coming in the ring and taking everybody out, right? Yeah, Abba Dabba Doo is the guy's name. Uh, 
No, is it really? No, it's Dabacato. <laughs> it's it's Yabba Dabba Doo. I, didn't know, man. I <laughs> really didn't know. I thought... Yabba Dabba Doo comes into the ring, and I believe he's going <laughs> to. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> and he says, we'll have a gay old time. And then. <laughs> As he's leaving the ring, he goes, Wilma! It was really, it was, it was very embarrassing for a number. Of- <laughs> oh my God. What a gay old time. Could we have a, I want to skit with Apollo Crews and him pulling up to a drive through They put a really big stake on his car and it turns over. Can we, is that possible? Can we do that? Would that be, I, I want to do that. Can they, can they do a thing where like, Apollo Crews has to stop the car with his feet. Can we do that? Would that be possible as well? I want, I want to have that happen. Um, I feel that they're going to introduce this character as some sort of, um, I think he's going to be like a general or a lieutenant in the Nigerian army or some shit like that. I think that's what's going to happen with that situation. Is that where we're going to have a Nigerian army? Is that, is that what the gimmick is going for here? That's correct. The Nigerian uh, Rhea, army. Uh, Rhea Ripley against Oscar I thought was a good match. Mm. And another yeah, title- I did. I, I like that one. I like that one. I did. Like uh, that one. Another title change is Rhea Ripley uh, takes off the the championship from Oscar. So there you go on that one. I think. Yeah, I think that's good. Freshen things up a little bit, you know. And then Oscar's we get a nice little run. The saving grace of night three, which was our three way dance between Daniel Bryan and Edge and. Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns does retain, as you say, by pinning both of those guys. There was one point in there when uh, the referee is trying to count, and Daniel Bryan yanks him out of the ring, out of the ring. And I went, "Oh yeah!" I said to Bryan, "Oh yeah, that's what a babyface does." Absolutely, <laughs> totally. How many totally. times did you? I mean, Ricky Morton all the time was yanking refs out of there when he was about yeah. to he didn't, didn't, he, slap he, him he, in the face, all that stuff. Yeah, he, he would like. <laughs> I wonder, like. It would have been great if they would have done it on camera like Daniel Bryan would go, oh, nothing personal. I just couldn't. I'm sorry. I couldn't. It was, I just had to stop the count. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I had to do. Just, Could you imagine if Ricky Morton would have like taken Tommy Young's ankle, yanked him out of the ring as he's trying to make a count like on the Russians or some shit like that? <laughs> or on the Midnight Express? He, he would, that would automa- he'd automatically be a heel right then. I mean, how many times did you see Ricky Steamboat stop a count by just taking the referee and just yanking him by the ankle right out? I mean, it happened a million times, right? At least. God, Countless. It was, it's just a classic babyface move. That the, This happened one time before in NXT, and I think it was when – I want to say it was the Revival. Maybe the Revival weren't the heels, but they were wrestling somebody, and they somebody was about to make the count, and they just pulled the ref out and went, what? That's, that's, that's what a good guy does? I don't, I don't know if that's what a good – if you were st- – now – if you establish you've got a heel referee, if you establish you've got a bad guy referee in there, then yeah, well, that's you can totally do that shit with referee. But you, th- it's that's just totally re- if you're a good guy, aren't you supposed to abide by the rules and at least try to follow the rules or pretend to follow the rules or like pretend there are rules or something? Well, is is the referee in, in a no disqualification match like that? It, is the referee part of the dis- no disqualification? Do we get that cleared up? I guess, but even as a even as a, a baby face, you shouldn't be doing you shouldn't be yanking referees out when they're trying to make a count. I mean, if that's how you have to save your ass, like that's that, something. I'm sorry, that's something. That's part of the rules. It's it's, it's, it's in the it, it's, you know it's or non rules whatever you know as it was as it were in the rules it says you may interfere and beat up the referee. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Do that again. 
in the rule that says you can't beat up the referee. <laughs> I'm in heaven. Me. Uh, up here in heaven, we are not preparing a place for Donald Trump, just so you know. <laughs> if I could be more clear, Donald Trump will be on the ground. <laughs> here is another list of people that will not be coming to heaven. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was sweet. During there was there was a couple of uncomfortable moments on WWE programming. Oh, there was some shit. discussion, and, and again, fucking Peacock. If you could just have us pause shit and rewind live shit, that would be great. If you could get us back to 2015 or 2013 technology, <laughs> I would so appreciate it. You piece of shit. Well, it is NBC. There was some discussion in the pregame show. Oh, and who was it? It was Sonya making some sort of comment about. The match, the Nigerian drum match, and and Booker says, well, "What do you think I am? I'm I'm from the motherland myself." And it was like an uncomfortable couple of minutes, like, "Oh shit!" And then I remember that. Yes, it yeah, was. and it was like, "What did they just? That's fucked up. That whole situation is not. That's no bueno." And then there was a situation. Oh yeah, was I think it was Chris Jericho made the rock and roll Buck Zoomhoff. Uh, reference, <laughs> reference, during, during yeah, the, yeah. Oh my god, rock and roll Buck Zoomhoff. Not here in heaven. He's burning in hell. <laughs> that's like that's like one of I mean on the hierarchy of bad guys who have ever been in wrestling. Chris Benoit number 1. Far and away the worst. Rock and roll Buck Zumhoff. Him and Jimmy Snuka maybe two. Maybe tied for second place in mm. my opinion. Wow. And in Grizzly Smith, who I understand is going to be part of the dark side of the ring this season, probably somewhere in that that pantheon of the number three guys. You know, you think? Yeah, I would think so. Because uh, I believe a, that under the radar thing, the story that Jake has told that not only was he conceived in rape, but I believe his mother was underage. So it's hard to kind of you know it's hard to kind of get your way out of that. That's kind of a criminal mind setup right there. Grizzly Smith will be in hell. <laughs> you say you, li- you like the new character? <laughs> it just kind of came out of nowhere, right? That's right, Bryant. I came out of heaven. <laughs> As it turns out, I was bullied as a child and never came to terms with my sexuality. <laughs> Thank you for the heart music. Tom and Jerry are both with me right here in heaven. <laughs> Mostly Tom, because he got himself into some bad situations. <laughs> Nine lives went quick. <laughs> Life number seven and eight are up here. Life's nine and ten are in hell. <laughs> Coming to the ring now. 
good stuff. Oh my god, that's some good shit right there. So yes, they say great. So yeah, Think. we we watched part of Chris Jericho on the the Steve Austin podcast, and beyond the idea of having the shock value of Chris Jericho on there, I don't think we got the the great shock value of the like the Dean Ambrose and the CM Punk podcast that we got on those deals as far as him trashing Vince and talking about the company. He said he basically left the company when the Owens-Jericho um, program was supposed to be the headliner at WrestleMania. They went with Brock versus Goldberg, and they bumped them down to the number two spot. And he, at that point, he goes, I'm not a number two guy yet. I'm sorry. I got to go. And then Vince didn't have a problem with him going to Japan. And then – Vince had tried to book him for the Saudi Arabian thing, and it was going to be uh, who was it? It was Rusev against Taker. Or no, it was it was Taker against Jericho. And then Vince calls back and goes, "Hey, pal, the Saudi Arabian prince is paying me a shit ton of money. He wants Rusev against uh, Taker, which nobody believes, by the way. Nobody believes that story at all. And I don't even really? know why they were trying to. For- yeah, nobody really. Do you think the Saudi Arabian prince called him? Yes, please, must have the Rusev." I must have it. Well, I don't think think that's true. I don't know. What what do do you think? He's just getting back, getting Jericho back for bailing out on him. Possibly. I mean, possibly. And the more, the more I look at this thing over the weekend, it did feel like that Bischoff thing was like a pity fuck from Vince over him getting fired back in 2019. That's that's what probably. it feels like to me. That's that's totally probably. what it feels like to me. Well, you know, I guess that's good good for Vince. But they let him hey, they let him plug his podcast, which is amazing. So Vince must not hate Conrad or he hasn't figured out that Conrad is the the the, the puppet master behind the Eric Bischoff shit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you you think you'd figure that out by now. I know he's kind of slow to the game, but I have it's to been a like, minute, so I got to feel like at some point that relationship is going to turn. I feel like Vince is going to turn on Conrad at some point. He's letting him live and exist right now, but I feel like at some point he's going to try to squash him like a bug. Honestly. Well, won't, won't he – don't you think that will happen like when shit starts getting really bad for Vince, he's just going to take frustrations out and that will be the first oh, person that, he thinks of. Maybe, oh, generally you speaking, know. yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what happened when The Undertaker was signed to do that show – over in Vegas, and it was like, oh, I, I didn't know that that was connected with AEW. I had no idea that like your your star cast yeah. was involved. With really, wow. Okay, well that's kind of weird, but okay. How about that? And Shit, that's weird. That's gonna happen. One of these days, Mister McMahon will turn on Conrad, and then Conrad will be booked for a large amount of money to get his fat ass whipped. At WrestleMania! <laughs> this is what we're going to do. It's going to be great shit, pal. I'm going to strip you naked, grease you down like Big Dick Johnson, and then whip you. Say what? Roll Tide. Uh, that's what's going to happen. We're going we're gonna to do us a buttered pig match. How's that sound? Good. That's good shit. That'll be some good shit. I've been watching some of the um, Dark Side of the Ring confidentials where they put some extra shit in there and some lost footage and stuff. It's pretty interesting. They got some good stuff with the guys who were doing that. He said that um, when they were doing the screw job one, they said when Hebner, uh, when the boy showed up to Hebner, that since he found out like one or both of them were Canadian, that he thought they were coming to hurt him. Really? Seriously? 
Yeah, 23 years later. They <laughs> holding that big of a grudge, are they? Aren't they? Honestly, doesn't doesn't ah. Hebner Hebner needs to go in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Honestly. Of course. Did you, ever this, did you ever hear this story about how they eventually fired Hebner from, from WWE? I don't know if I did or not. Dave and Earl had this printing thing where they printed off like t-shirts in St. Louis and they were doing like mock WWE things. They were just like ribs among the boys and stuff. And it was like mm-hmm. kind of using some, some appropriating some of the WWE stuff, but they were just doing it in a very mocking kind of way. You see this all the time on Etsy and on different sites where they take kind of a corporate logo. You would know like the playboy bunny. I saw these guys called homies ain't homies have this thing. And they used the playboy bunny and they used, they used the phrase stop playing boy. And they use it yeah. looks very similar. You got, but you got yeah. to look close. Yeah. So it was something like that. And then the office pretended to find out about it and be like, Oh, we didn't know about this and it's not okay. And you guys are appropriating company intellectual property and you're fired. That's kind of how it went. Yeah. That- it, it was very bizarre. That that whole situation, the way it went down. Yeah. Earl Hebner needs to go in the Hall of Fame. These these are the referees that should go in the Hall of Fame. They should start putting. And by the way, he needs to start putting referees in anyway. Oh, well, I can I'm think of another go. one right off the top of my head too. And you, I know who oh. you're going to say. Oh, Tommy Young. Tommy Young. Yes. 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 Tommy, Young, Tommy Young's generally recognized as the greatest referee of all time anyway. And I would I would I would be hard pressed to say otherwise. Other people are going to say different stuff. Tommy Young was the best. Hebner needs to go in there. I'm going to go Everybody ahead and say. Watching. I got to show this picture. Oh, uh, there's there's me trying to beat. That's back when I was super fat, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wail <laughs> on Rick him. <laughs> Getting ready to wail. That's that's, that's so awesome. That's such a great picture. And he sounded like it was up in Martinsville, Virginia. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. Uh, that was one of those Hermie Sadler shows. Now, isn't this David Hebner behind right there? No, that's his son. That's I mean, not David. Um, not David. I, I can't remember what. I can't what, remember. He calls himself Baby Hebner on on Twitter. Yeah, on TNA or whatever it is. But he's he's a solid. He's a solid ref. He's good in his own right. I mean, not just because of his family name. He may have gotten the break in the business because of that, but he's good in his own right. I he learned some shit. Yeah, he did. So, Tommy Young, Earl Hebner. I'm going to say Little Nate belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm going to say now Kyoto. he does. Yeah, he's I'm going to say Kyoto belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yep. This one, this one may be controversial and might be on the edge, and I can see it either way. I'm going to say Nick Patrick. Yeah, Nick, because Nick that Patrick, dude, Nick Patrick kind of changed the game a little bit, a little bit, and with, he was he was with a very referees good referee. and stuff, you know. And I'm going to say Hildebrand. It would be fantastic if they put Hildebrand in the Hall. Yeah, of you need to put Hildebrand in there. If you're going to put those, that's like six referees off the top of my head that I can think of. And, and, oh, and, and Charles from CWF. Charles, well, that was a given. I mean, it's clearly that was the guy. Charles and Big Red as a package deal. And big, yeah, as a package, yes. As a package deal, they both need to go in. <laughs> and who a guy who was a manager and a referee, I'm going to go ahead and say Alfonso, Bill Alfonso. If Bill they're going to start putting, if they're going to put ECW guys in, I'm going to say Alfonso needs to go in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He kind of was a. He took he took the Nick Patrick step a little bit further, almost. I think you heard it though at that WCCW um, reunion thing in Winston Salem. You heard, um, oh, what's his face, Black Bart, putting him over, putting Alfonso over as a great referee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he absolutely was. I mean, he was really good. So I think well, those, are the, those are the ones off the top of my head that can that I can think of who would belong. I would say offhand, Vince would want to put Joy Morella in too. 
just as a, as a thing. Okay. Gorilla, Mon- Gorilla Monsoon Sun. I would yeah. say he would want to put it yeah, in. Yeah, okay. And yeah. I, I wouldn't object too hard to that either because Joey Morella, I mean, that was a tragic death, and it really took a lot out of the, the wind out of the sails of Gorilla, as losing a child would to anybody. Um, sure. But he, I, I would say I wouldn't have an issue with that either. No. What was – um? God, he's right on the tip of my tongue. The, what was the, the referee's name, the dude from World Class? Bronco Lubich. Oh, fuck that guy. He was a terrible referee. Come on. Come on, Bronco. I put Pee Wee in before I put Bronco Lubitsch in. And and Sonny Fargo was and Sonny Fargo for Sonny all that he Fargo. did for the business. Sonny Fargo was a shitty referee. I'm sorry. He was a terrible referee. He was a great performer. Belongs to be in the Hall of Fame as a great performer, but a, a shitty referee. I'm sorry. With his little jumpsuit and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sonny Fargo. He was he was not good. They just put him in there to get a payday. Uh, t- tell me if I'm wrong. Now, Sonny is Donna Fargo's brother, right? That's gr- no son. No, no, no son. That would be that would be bad. That would make her literally. She would have been born in like 1906 if that was the case. Well, she doesn't look her age. Did you know that Donna Fargo's son that that her biggest hit was like the happiest girl in the whole USA, right? Mm-hmm. I think that, was so. suppo- that was supposed to be mocking all the hippie songs that were on the radio that were bitching about America and, and bitching about a woman's role in society and stuff. So it was like a, a like a conservative she was, song. She like was a, like, yeah, on, she was supposed to be owning oh, the on the on the hips on the yeah. hip song. Yeah, that's what she was trying to. And it's like, if dude, if that was your intent, you failed miserably. That didn't that didn't work out. That nobody saw it that way at all. <laughs> Yeah, that's too bad. That's unfortunate. <laughs> if that's what you were trying to do, then, then man, you you suck. I'm sorry. That, that's yeah. not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she is a North Carolina girl. Is she really? Mm-hmm. I know that I I know that she was performing once upon a time, and I think I saw her at the Brevard Music Center many, 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 well, many, many. I, I want to say she's from up in your neck of the woods, man. Oh, uh, we never claimed her. Okay, uh, well, I, I well the people up there that that you li- used to live amongst, they should claim her. This is like, so yeah, right that's, up there. that's your people. She's from, no, not my people. Mount Airy. She's up in the Mount Airy. Well, is what it oh, is that where it is? Making her literally the, the sixth most popular person who ever came from there. Yes. Fargo, attended, <laughs> Fargo attended High Point College, then earned a degree at the University of Southern California. I'm going to go ahead and say in those days, not a lot of people transferred from High Point to the University of Southern California. I, I, I want to say she's on a list of an elite bunch of people or few people, elite few people. Uh, let me let me, let me me read you the notes from this. This is when we always get in trouble when we go off the of the wrestling thing, but I like to just chase these rabbits. Uh, They're fun. Yeah, I know it's fun. Yeah, I'm trying to see the story on this. It is written in the style, voice of a newlywed girl sung to her new husband. It has since become her signature song. Oh, wait a minute. Funny Face was also a big hit. I'm sorry. She's yeah, Funny Face. One. I apologize to Donna Fargo and her family because uh, she has. Uh, she also scored with Funny Face. I remember I used to sing Funny Face. She used to, she used to drag the word face. Funny Face. Did she ever cry I during that thing? You. Funny Face. <laughs> I need you. Uh, let's see. Tom uh, Donna Fargo revealed to Tom Rowland in the Billboard Book of Number One Country Hits that she originally offered comedian George Lindsay the chance to record the song first. That would be Goober for those of you who are unaware. He's probably from Mount Airy too, right? Uh, Nash from Fairfield, Alabama. 
Oh, uh, okay, close. Died uh, nine years ago in Nashville, Tennessee. But he turned it down. It was a natural song for me to write because my husband used to call me Funny Face. Wow. That is, that's got to be the sweetest wow. marriage of all time. You can see how she was the happiest girl in the whole USA if her husband was calling her Funny Face. Funny Face. Funny Face, come here. I used to call him Fuzzy Face. Got something for you, Funny Face. <laughs> I'm going to mess your face up like Shayna Baszler <laughs> And your face looks funny. Get the funny face on a pole match on Russell. <laughs> she wrote 16 verses to it. That's right. I'm back in heaven. I'm making Donna Fargo hit. Much like a disc jockey would in the 1970s on AM radio. Here's Donna Fargo with Funny Face. <laughs> Did you know that song hit number five on the Billboard Hot 100? What a crossover Dude. hit that was. God, there was some such awful crap that, as much as I love some 70s and 80s music, there was some awful shit in the early 70s that hit the charts. Let me just tell you, on the pop charts. I'm trying to think of an, like, that Hello Country Bumpkin song. What, yeah, what is what what? That song crossed over and became a big hit too, and that was just like such a ridiculous song. Oh, I don't remember that one. I did think about you when I was listening to one of the Casey old Casey countdowns, and, and the number one song was "My Dingaling." Yep. That, by the way, that is the only number one song on the Billboard charts for Chuck Berry. That's right. Johnny B. Good never hit number one. Nope. Not School Days. Not nope. Brown Eyed Handsome Man. No, not Johnny, not any of the great, but that one thing, that's the way it should be, pal. Got to make black people do funny shit. Got to do it. <laughs> Here's Chuck Berry at number one with my <laughs> dingling. <laughs> <laughs> and my recollection of that whole situation was that the live version of that song was much better than the studio version was. Am I right? Oh, yeah. I heard the live version. It was a great version. Uh, Cal Smith had the big hit with Country Bumpkin. Okay, Cal Smith. I want to see when that one came out. It was released in February 1974. Let's see mm. how that one did. God damn. It did, not, it did not cross over and become a hit, but it was a number one hot country song. I remember seeing, I think it was Garth Brooks, and this has been 25 or more years ago. It may have been on Pop Goes the Country, back when that stupid thing was on TNN. And I think Garth was on there. Goes the Country Cal- Goes Pop! <laughs> and then I Garth. believe Cal Smith handed his uh, his country ACM or CMA award, whatever the fuck it was, he handed it to, he gave it to Garth Brooks, and the little hat that's on the top of that thing had come off. That's how cheap that shit is. Damn. Must Why did you like give me? Uh, did you give me a path award when the hat has already come on? <laughs> Let me see if Cal Smith is up here with me. Hang on, Cal Smith. Now that's a, probably a one-hit wonder. Cal Smith is up here with me in heaven. <laughs> Looks like yeah. I think that's we're sure about that. <laughs> pretty sure, sure. <laughs> pretty sure that he did. <laughs> there he is over there. Oh, he also had a hit with "It's Time to Pay the Fiddler." 
Which also hit number one on the Hot Country song. So again, my apologies to the Smith family. He had more than one. Oh, Not a I that song got him. I wonder if that song was one that got him to heaven. Um, I took it the wrong way. Tonight is what is usually the biggest draw of the year, according to Mr. Meltzer and Mr. Alvarez. It's going to be starting in just a few minutes, so we're going to get off of here and start watching this. Uh, Ms. and Mrs. returns tonight on USA following an all-new post-WrestleMania Raw. Should be fun. Nah. I'm 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 gonna hold out a little bit of hope for that show. I was a little disappointed in the last go around, but we'll see. We'll see about this. Of the of the three major wrestling shows that are on national television, and I'm not putting Impact on there. I'm putting SmackDown, Raw, and AEW Dynamite. To me, Raw is like the hardest one to watch these days. It is no, I, it's just everything about it. And I think it's by a pretty large margin, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, still the three-hour factor it will always be my biggest thing for, with oh, them. So different. And the goddamn commercials, dude. It's just I, I've just gotten to so used to. It's to the point now. Last few weeks, actually, I've just been recording it and going back and watching it. Even if I really have nothing to do, I can watch it live if I want to. But I just don't. I can't sit through those damn commercials for three hours, it's dude. It's really hard. NXT, and even some of the matches, too. NXT debuts uh, on Tuesday night for the first time tomorrow night. AEW has Wednesday to itself on a show headlined by Young Bucks versus Pac and Phoenix for the tag titles. Darby Allen takes on Matt Hardy for TNT title. And Chris Jericho takes on Dax Harwood with Mike Tyson. Way to go, woke Mr. Khan, for paying money to a convicted rapist. Congratulations. In the Me Too era, somehow Tony Khan figures out a way to write a big fat check to a man who served time for rape. Mm. Well, way, we need to it. sell that to the Mike's Lemonade people, too, I guess. I suppose so. Mike Tyson was convicted of rape at the Miss Black America pageant. So, once again, convicted, going convicted everybody. That's right. He went to jail. So, Tony Khan, you are just woke as fuck, you dumb piece of shit. Is there is somebody out there? that you would not write a check to. I'm just not, is well, OJ, I don't know. OJ could bring in a pretty good audience. It, he's, but he's re- rehabilitated now, Britt. He's, you know, he's done his time. I, and I'm just and trying to do some fun stuff. For, I'm not getting into politics and social stuff. I'm just trying to be like really good for the, um for the wrestling fans and bring them the stuff they want to see. That's what I'm all about. Thank you. Stupid time. <sighs> Richie rich son of a bitch. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring Confidential this week moves permanently from Tuesday to Thursdays, given NXT has been moved to Tuesday, so everything gets shuffled around. So when does this start? When does Dark the side, Dark Side of the Ring start? I want to say May the 12th, because okay. I did see that. I did see when Dark Side, I believe it is May the 12th, so we're like a month away, and I saw what the premiere was, but I can't remember what it was. Is it Pillman? Uh, I think it is Pillman. Now that I'm now that you're saying that, I think it is going to be Pillman. The one that I saw that was kind of weird was a guy named Nick Gage, and I'm not familiar with him. But apparently, why does that name sound familiar? I probably don't know him, but it just it has that ring to it for some reason. He apparently has done time for armed robbery. So Tony Khan, get out your checkbook. <laughs> I know it's not violence against women, but it is a major felony. So. It, it's up there. Oh, there you go. It's a hot uh, commodity. Let me correct myself. It's going to be May the 6th. It's going to be Thursday, May the 6th. Uh, in that trailer, AEW wrestler John Moxley reminds viewers professional wrestling is not always a children's TV show on Saturday morning. Sometimes it's a fight. 
The actor, then actor David Arquette gets awfully bloody admitting I was in over my head. As for legendary wrestling manager Jim Cornette, he just wants to do a happy side of the ring once in a while. <laughs> well, how many guys that have gone through this profession have ended up with somewhat of a normal life? You can count them on. It's like Bruno, Nick Bockwinkle, um, like Austin Idol. There's like there's like hardly any of them. I would say Bobby Eaton has lived a fairly normal life and has done fairly normal shit and has been a pretty good person and not ever really much done anything wrong. Probably Bobby Eaton's so. father-in-law, Bill Dundee, has probably been a guy who's who's not done a whole lot of shit and done a lot of bad things, right? Right. Steamboat. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that uh, all of these people were completely 100 percent faithful to their wives and stuff and didn't bang somebody on the road every now and again, but they managed not to get caught, you know doing blow off a dead hooker's ass at three in the morning somewhere in Peoria. In other words, no dark side of the rings will be made about those people. Right. And that, that's your happy side of the ring. There you go. I mean, that, that that's the, these are, these are the sub- subjects for happy side of the ring. Uh, Bobby Eaton, Sam Martino, Bachwinkle, uh, superstar Bill Dundee, uh, Austin Idol, and Austin Idol was a guy who basically got out of the business when he wanted to, so that's why he didn't get into a lot of shit. Although I'm sure, again, you know, maybe maybe he fucked his bunch of rats, and maybe he did some drugs. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not here to judge. He never got caught, and he's never talked about it, and he's, you know, he's still alive at kind of a, you know, a decent age, or an age that would be considered with some longevity for a wrestler, right? Right. Um, so so other, would, would the happy other, side you know, of the ring be on, would it be on, would it be on Lifetime? What would it be? <laughs> it's going to be on Bravo, I'm sure. Bravo. <laughs> um, Mark Henry, right? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Mark Henry. Far, fairly un- uncontroversial life. Just a guy who kind of did this for a living, didn't get sucked into it a lot, and probably had a good career, stepped out when he wanted to, doesn't seem to have any debilitating injuries, raised a family, pretty normal. Maybe Booker. Well, Booker had the whole prison thing before he got started. So in a weird way, wrestling rehabilitated Booker T., which is odd, right? Yeah, that's kind of the Benjamin oh, Button thing going on there. Ricky Steamboat? There's a happy side of the ring or light side of the ring. Yeah, I, said, put, you, I said Ricky Steamboat earlier. You just didn't hear me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Ricky Steamboat would be that, – that's a guy you would you would say would, would definitely be one of those. Um, oh, uh, Pampiro Furpo, the guy – Pampiro Furpo, the guy who died a couple of years ago. Perfectly happy guy, raised a family, didn't live the gimmick, didn't do the drugs, didn't bang the chicks, went and got a normal job after just wanted to support his family and get some health insurance, and he worked in the post office. I just want you to know you just put the the, the Jim Cornette song in my head now. <laughs> there it is. Everyone knows it's corny. <laughs> Dark Side of the Ring, Vice's most watched show of all time, exposes the hidden, heartbreaking, and untold success stories. Like, nobody you could really say – in who was ever associated with world class championship wrestling could ever have a, a happy side of the ring dung about them. God, maybe, no shit. Maybe Eric Embry, although I'm sure Eric Embry would cop to doing some shit in his time. Can I just say, I am just every time I think about it, I am just so happy we got to meet him. Uh, he's just, he's just been so under my radar. And every time I used to, his name would come up. I'm like, God dang, he was so fucking good. And when 
I saw the, all those people coming. I'm like, we're going to meet Eric Embry. We're going to say hello to Eric Embry. We're going to talk to fucking Eric Embry. And I was able to pop him with some of that stuff about Jerry Jarrett. God, he was loving that shit, dude. <laughs> he goes, and so, yeah, you're on with Jerry Jarrett, and you're talking about how much you loved him, but he didn't live, love your ass too much when you overpaid that house in Dallas that time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, he didn't love me that. <laughs> <laughs> it was the biggest house they'd had in years at the fucking sportatorium, and he overpaid it by three hundred dollars. And Jerry Jarrett acted like he'd shot his kid, you know. <laughs> Jesus, that's funny. Uh, so there's there's just not that many guys that have gone through and and had a, a handful, ending. man. There's very very few that have gone through. You know, they talking now. It's like Lex Luger finally gets it. He kind of finally gets the fact about all the bad shit that he did in life, and now he's kind of – Well, now that he's 70 years old, good for him. He can't hardly walk. Now he kind of figured out, yeah, I kind of fucked up there for a while, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> um, I saw Dark the line. <laughs> Dark Side of the Ring, Vice's most watched show of all time, exposes the hidden, heartbreaking, and untold stories of professional wrestling. With intimate access to its subject. The series chronicles the deeply personal and often controversial legacies surrounding the larger than life brawlers in the wrestling world. In a sport that draws tens of millions of fans around the globe to this day. Tens of millions? Really? Maybe hundreds. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe tens of thousands <laughs> these days. Maybe tens. In addition to Moxley, Arcadia Cornette, Chris Jericho, Jake the Snake Roberts, Eric Bischoff, and the former wife of the Ultimate Warrior, Sherry Tyree, who I think, doesn't she go by Dana Warrior? Oh, no, that's the one before Dana Warrior, are also featured in Season 3 trailer. The trailer yeah, Dana Warrior's not going to talk shit about Jim. Come on. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of a kind of the gravy train these days, isn't it? <laughs> that's one of the – that's one. don't shit where you eat, pal. Don't do that. <laughs> the six subjects from the season 14 lineup include Brian Pillman, Nick Gage, Collision in Korea. Are you familiar with this story? Um, I'm sure. That was the North Korean situation where they drew like a hundred and some odd thousand people to that stadium for a big, and people who were going to the stadium weren't exactly voluntarily going there because it's North Korea. Oh, yeah. Okay. And some when of the was boys... Oh, uh, this was during the nineties. It was the WCW days because Bischoff was WCW, in on it. Muhammad, yes. Muhammad Ali went there. Okay. Flair was there. Um, I don't know if Hogan went. He may, he may have been there. One of the boys was talking some shit about the North Korean government, and then suddenly the boys found themselves, shall we say, detained Saudi Arabia style in their hotel. Oh, yes. Oh yes. So that happened. Delayed, not detained. They were just yeah. delayed. Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Warrior is in this one, Grizzly Smith and the Dynamite Kid. Now, the Dynamite Kid, really one of the most petty, vindictive, and awful people who's ever worn tights. Really. Uh, and, and, that sucks, uh, too, man. I was such I a British Bulldogs fan when I first started As watching WWE. This is one of those where if you're a fan, you really have to separate the artist from the art because he did change the game. He was a very unique factor in changing the game into a lot of what you see today. You would have never seen the popularity of the Chris Benoit's or the style of Eddie Guerrero, or even I think Owen Hart and some of those guys, you never would have seen that stuff. And the people who have. Oh, they all talk about it. They're talked about him. Absolutely. And even the people you see subsequent to that, the Daniel Bryans and the CM Punks of the world, you never would have seen those without the dynamite kid breaking down that door. 
Yeah, um, it sucks that he was an asshole, man. Oh, score one for the Britster. Uh, the guy who debuted for the, uh, last night for Apollo Crews is expected to go by the name Commander Aziz. Nice. There Impressive. He He's going to be some sort of commander in the Nigerian Army. Yes. I saw the light. Uh, let's see. I think that's about it for us. We're gonna we gotta go now. You got any you got last minute things you want to say? Anything we didn't cover? Um, yeah, I I, I figured out that Drew McIntyre's walk up music theme, the ramp entrance music theme, is the same as. Are you ready? Night Gallery. Oh then, shit! I, nice pull. <laughs> That's what I, I was going to let you listen to. That I was I was such a freak for the Twilight Zone, but I never have watched. I don't even know if an, I've watched an episode of Night Gallery ever. Really? Yeah. Is it good? Oh my gosh! It's a Twilight Zone. It's 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 like um, it's it's, it's kind of a more more of a horror story Twilight Zone, but it's Twilight Zone is for sure. So back a little creepier. It's a little creepier. Back in the 80s, North Carolina Public Television at 11 o'clock during the weekdays would run Twilight Zones back-to-back with not a commercials, right? Wow, really? So you wouldn't have to wait for the payoffs. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was yeah. brilliant. That's that's how I got hooked on that show, and I can't believe that's crazy. And I think I've seen probably all of them. You know, they used to do, before streaming was a thing, they used to do like the New Year's Day marathon on sci-fi or whatever. Yeah, they still that do. Was, Oh, it's fantastic! Well, it doesn't mean and anything. on July fourth, and I'm, I'm sorry, on Labor Day. Oh, no, on July fourth, July fourth. Marathons really don't mean that much now that you can just stream them anytime you want to. I think they're on Prime. You can just stream yeah, they are Twilight Zones anytime you want to. Yeah, yeah, but Beautiful Night Gallery, they're on Night Gallery's on one of those one of those it outlets, Antenna or Me or one of those things. Yeah, tell but, me when you want to watch one, and I'll send you. I'll tell you a good one to watch. I think they're I have to on. Look. I think they're on one of the streaming services for sure. I'll have to. Yeah, yeah. I just can't remember which one. It's I've seen it. Um, yeah, let me if you ever decide. Let, yeah, let me know, and I'll send you a, a list of good ones to watch, man. Because if you like Twilight Zone, you'll like Night Gallery. You should probably do a classic TV podcast. That would be probably something that you should probably do. should. I really should. I mean, first I of all, a reference. If there is. For, if there's any sort of market for a Three's Company podcast, you should fucking do a Three's Company podcast because I don't know hello. anyone who knows more about Three's Company than you. Ding dong, hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, follow Bryant on Instagram and also on the Twitter machine at Bry Sports, BRY Sports. Follow the show on Twitter at Katie Vick Alive. I'm on Instagram at BDub for Reels, BDUB number four, R E E L Z. And finally, on the Twitter machine, I am at Britt Whitmire, and you can also, if you like politics and stuff like that, follow the Brad and Britt cast at Brad and Britt. And the Brad and Britt cast is also wherever podcasts are served, including Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Apple, Google Podcasts, everything in the world. What are you pointing at? I'm agreeing oh. with you. Oh, you like that. That's good. Yes. Uh, also, if, if you I'm want glad to you're promoting that finally, promoting yeah, your well, other freaking show that you need to do. I should do that, shouldn't I? Uh, yes. And if you want to support what we do, you can shop at our Amazon store, which is katievick.com. Go to katievick.com, order your stuff through there. It doesn't change the price of it. It just helps us out. And until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.